Now, KMOX at your service. Welcome to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Now, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. All right, hour two, lunchtime, bean time. Put a few shrimp on the Barbie, strap on the feed bag, off we go. It's lunchtime, peanut butter and jelly on University of KMOX. We have room in the back of the classroom. Come on in, have a seat. We're talking about cold weather, old man winter, the coming of cold temperatures. If you think this is cold, hang on to your hat, folks. We're just now, uh, we're only eight days into winter. Yeah. Well, maybe nine, December 21st, the solstice, all that. I promise it's getting cold. Forecast is today it's cold, according to Brian Kelly. It's getting colder tonight and tomorrow. So hang on to your hat. We're talking about things about winterizing your home, weatherizing your home, making things operate. I promised in hour one we would talk about lubricating lock sets, deadbolts, things like that. There are important things to be done. Do not oil your locks. Do not oil your locks. Silicone, yes. Powdered graphite, yes. Oil gets thick. Uh, the viscosity rises, which means it gets turns into a gelatinous material when the temperature drops. Uh, also, on your overhead door, uh, don't lubricate it with oil. It'll be very happy in the summer, but now in the wintertime, those bearings that are oiled, even three-in-one oil, gets thick. Resist the movement of the ball bearings and the rollers. So that's where I would prefer uh, even a, you know, WD-40 silicone spray. There's a spray that Overhead Door uses. I think it's called Lubra Plate, and it's kind of a liquid, um, kind of a silicone, has a little bit of grease in it sort of thing. But anyway, it's formulated for this temperature here. Uh, the point being that if you're going to lubricate your locks, and it's important that you do, don't use oil. Uh, I would prefer a WD-40 so that it gets freer in its operation. Keep in mind, this temperature raises the soil. The soil freezes. Soil is full of moisture, even in the drought situation we are in now. As that temperature freezes and penetrates the soil, the soil expands. Uh, If you're my age, you remember swimming pools had 55-gallon drums that were thrown into the water in the swimming pools. Water is kept in those swimming pools so that they don't float up out of the ground. If you have a swimming pool that is in-ground pool and you don't put some weight in it, when the water and the rain hits, it will float that swimming pool up out of the ground just like a boat floating in water. So that's why they leave water in these pools. And typically, they will put in a 55-gallon drum when I was a kid. Now they have various methods and ways of uh, controlling that and um, also how the pool sides are sloped a little bit so that the ice moves and doesn't, you know, break so much. The point being that water, when it freezes, expands. When water expands, it will split your freezing plumbing pipes. It will raise your slab, your patio, your porch stoop, and specifically that concrete step that your door sits on, that will raise too. So in hour one, we had a question of what do I do 
when that slab is poured with the steps, the whole thing has dropped, you know, how that changes. Well, keep in mind, it dropped because the soil settled. But during some of the early winters, that slab would raise up, pinch the door, make the exterior door hard to open. So keep in mind, it's important that we check those things. Uh, we're going to talk about all things around your home, uh, talk about heating and cooling. I want to get into a little bit the different types of furnaces and heat available so that you're aware of what the choices are. Uh, this may not be the time you change furnaces, but I want you to be aware because this is the time the awareness is high. So it's important. Keep in mind how that works. Uh, let's go right to our phone lines here. I have a very patient Norman who's been holding. Norman, thank you for holding and I uh, hope you're still on the line. How can I help you, my friend? I am still on the line. Thanks for taking our call. It's uh, This is kind of similar to that previous caller where, you know, obviously we turn off the um, the valves for the outside where you put the hose in, the outside faucets. Yep. And we've done that in a timely manner. And on the outside faucet, there's been like a small drip of water, a very small drip. That small drip has now turned into a big icicle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so am I in trouble or am I going to be in trouble? Or uh, Probably not yet. But if you hit six below, three below, four or five days of that, that drip, keep in mind that as long as the icicle, uh, the stuff dripping off the bottom of the icicle is good if it stays warm. I would suggest uh, knocking that icicle off. And if you can, warm up that spigot so that you don't block the flow of the coming drips. You see where I'm going with this, Norman? Yeah, I think so. So, yeah, I was thinking about if I broke it, but I thought if I broke the icicle, that would cause even more problems. Nah, you're okay there. I mean, uh, the icicle is pretty brittle compared to an iron pipe or a copper pipe or even some of the PEC stuff. So don't worry about that. But there's still, you know, the fat part of the icicle is right there at the actual uh, tip of the faucet spigot. Exactly. Yeah, that's the one. If that keeps getting fatter and fatter, it'll block or occlude the opening. And then those drips just keep on coming for another day. They build up and then they fill the entire void and then they freeze and split and that's when you're actually breaking the pipe by that expanding water. So it's okay to use like a little hammer or something just to kind of tap that uh, icicle or... Oh, I would use only, uh, frankly, I would just break it off with my hand. And if I could, if there's some way I'd get a hairdryer out there or a uh, heat gun or something like that, warm that up periodically. Um, and, it, you know, it, it shouldn't take very long uh, it, unless you're very comfortable with a torch. I wouldn't use a torch. You can melt some. I don't have thread. Oh, that's don't good. I, I like that. You know, um, now, uh, uh, okay, use your wife's blow dryer, but don't tell her. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so do it on the down low, Norman. Don't get busted for using her blow dryer there. Okay. Hey, thank you very much. So when, once this, the weather starts to increase the heating and everything, what do you replace the outside valve? So obviously there's a leak there or, or the washer's bad or something? Or Yeah, all of the above. Frankly, if you're going to have a faucet rebuilt, um, you know, the faucet costs, uh, the the, the uh, washer costs a dollar, but the labor costs more. You're better off applying that labor cost to a new antifreeze faucet that you don't have to mess with anymore. Okay. You know, and, okay. and, and where the way that antifreeze faucet works is instead of being three inches long, it's actually about 20 inches long, and, and the 
the pipe connects and turns off the water way back inside your heated house in the basement. So there's really no water to freeze out there unless you leave your garden hose connected. That's why I'm so, you know, vehement about removing those garden hoses. Right. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to go put my coat on and my gloves and everything else and go out and try to break that icicle off that uh, faucet. Yeah, stuff like that, Norman. I look at the forecast and I figure out, okay, it's cold now. I don't want to do it. And then, well, tonight's colder and tomorrow's colder. I'll do it now. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Pick, pick hey, your thank you very much. I really enjoy your program. Thanks, Norman. Good idea. And thanks for the call. Good luck on that blow dryer. Don't tell your wife. Okay, thank you. <laughs> right, okay. Bye now. Bye-bye. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX. Again, any port in a storm. Uh, and you've got those little insulated things that you buy for $3 at the hardware store that zip ties, you know, kind of slides on your faucet. That's where they're a little bit more um, effective. It, it seems like, you know, they're not a big deal because they don't really, there's no heat. Well, they are valuable because it lessens the wind chill value and it'll minimize how much this dripping faucet freezes. It's, it's more apt to drip and freeze on the bottom of that insulated cup. You know, it looks like, you know, half of a, you know, bleach bottle cut and just clipped on the outside, but it's made out of quarter inch foam. Uh, anyway, we've got phone lines wide open for you. First hour here, we had great calls, great questions. Good show. Thank you. Uh, you are the show. I st sit here every now and again doing my best. Phone lines are open, 314-436-7900, toll-free, 800-925-1120. Remember, new homeowners, bring them on right here at CamWex, 11 a.m. every Saturday morning. At your service, Scott Mosby. Your home for the best blues coverage, America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Oh, sorry. I, I Pardon me. Got carried away. Cody put a little music bit. Oh, yeah. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby. We are live and lively. 50,000 watts of insanity. More fun than adults should have. Locked in a room full of glass and a whole bunch of, you know, 50,000 watts. Whoa. Hello there. Well, let's get to the phone line, see what's cooking, and start with Terry. Hey, Terry. Welcome to Hour 2, Camwex. How can I help? Hi, Scott. Can you hear me? Yes, ma'am. I sure can. I have an elderly mother who has vinyl flooring, and this is the kind that come on a roll. Mm -hmm. And especially when we put down the de-icer on her porch, that vinyl flooring gets really slippery. And I'm wondering if there's any application, something I can put on that flooring to make it less slippery. Not really. Uh, not really. Anything that you put... First off, the vinyl floor is not really made to wax or put a, something on. The only thing I would put on that would be rugs with a rubber backing, something... You know, you can even get commercial um, floor mats that will take the water off as you come in the door. So keep in mind, it's the wet feet and the floor. Right. So if you can eliminate either the floor or the wetness... I would uh, go after the wetness, uh, you know, as you come through the door, you might have, you know, a fairly unattractive commercial mat, but golly, it's not going to slip. And, you know, well, uh, we did that and we even duct taped the edges because she's 91 yeah. and she's by herself. So, yep. Um, that's going to work. It's just not the prettiest of things. So well, we'll leave it there. I just didn't know if that, I know on a ceramic tile, you can 
there's an application you can put on that. Yeah, well, I, for 93 years old, I'm going with the vinyl floor more than the ceramic tile because of the, you know, one is a more forgiving and flexible. So during the months when it's not so wet and slick, um, you know, it, it's it's just better on the joints. The ceramic yeah. tile is basically a thin concrete plate, so it's a little rough on knees and hips and joints. All righty. Well, thank you very much. Yep. You good question, Terry. Thanks for the call. Bye-bye. Bye. And there you go. I mean, keep in mind, um, and this is part of what we do at, at, you know, my day job at Mosby Building Arts. Um, we'll have people that, um, you know, joints are, yeah, anyway, 50 years old and better. I want a ceramic tile floor in my kitchen or family room or places where I'm going to spend a lot of time. Uh, golly, and, and we'll have a conversation that, you know, there are other choices um, and, you know, even hardwood floor, we put a lot of hardwood floors in kitchens, not necessarily with young families where you're dropping the gallon of milk, you know, the spilling water, spilling juice, you know, but in the fifties, you know, grandkids come and all of that, but generally not with the same amount of risks. Um, whereas an everyday wear and tear on ankles, knees, hips, the joints that we use a lot, and the more athletic you are. You know, especially professional athletes. My gosh, you talk about burning out a body fast. Um, my goodness, you get in a room full of professional athletes that are 60 years old. You know, it, it, it sounds like you're breaking twigs when they all stand up to go out of the room because, you know, the knees and the joints are just gone. So anyway, keep in mind that there is an appropriate softness that has to be part of planning floor surfaces where you're going to be doing a lot of time. Now, in a bathroom, you typically don't walk around, stand, and move on the impact, whereas a kitchen, you can go back and forth and back. So your movement is substantial. The impact of every step has a consequence, and that contributes to discomfort, um, wear and tear, uh, as, so keep in mind, that's just part of the design, part of the design conversation. Let's see what's cooking here with Mark. Hey, Mark, Scott Mosby here. How can I help you, my friend? Hi, hello, Scott. Um, I'm following up on a comment you made about faucet covers. Yes, sir. Um, a few weeks ago, I put mine on. Mm -hmm. And fortunately, I bought the thicker one. They cost $3 instead of $2. <laughs> yeah, you really splurged, didn't you? Yeah, well... Yeah, I don't know if somebody thought it's going to be cold. The faucet's not dripping. I got a crawl space. And I guess I just feel safe for those covers. What do you think? Oh, yeah. I mean, it doesn't hurt. I mean, for $3, you're buying insurance. Even if it does freeze, you'll feel better that you did something about it. And it will make a difference because the wind chill, you know, you're not yeah. blowing that four degrees. Temp, you know, across that metal, removing the heat faster. So, I mean, it, you definitely made things better, even if you have a crawl space that's not that heat. Believe me, it's still 30, 40 degrees warmer in that crawl space than it is right. outside. So you're you're doing the right thing. So it's not drifting. That's okay. Oh, you're doing great. Uh, now, make sure, uh, do, you, do you have the ability to shut that faucet off uh, from the inside at all? No, I shot it clean on the outside. Yeah, okay. I don't well, think then, I do. Well, you're doing okay. The crawl space is too hard to get in. And out. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. Um, Boy, do I, I understand. Had my, I had my boys do that. They're all gone. Yeah, yeah. Well, doing that thing on the outside, I think you're doing pretty well. Believe me, you would know um, in the last three years, 
if it wasn't working. Uh, we had pretty two past winters were mild, but three years ago we had a damn. Yeah, we had that terrible one. Yeah, yeah. A lot, lot colder than this one because it cracked my driveway. I got all these pitted spots now. Oh, man. I know what. You well, know what I mean? Oh, boy, the, do I. The cement froze. Yeah, well, the 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 ground froze and lifted the cement up. All all concrete is is a you know thick plate of glass. It cracks. You know, you move the stuff underneath got, it. That's why I got all those little potholes. Oh yeah, know what you mean. Okay, well, thanks for your help. All and, right, Mark. Hey, one, this one is a follow up. Yeah. What if I let my in, inside faucets strip? Would that make any difference? Uh, if they're on an exterior wall, Mark, yes. Um, because the idea is, um, okay. if if you have water standing still in a pipe, it can all it all it's going to do is get colder and colder and colder. No. If it's on an exterior wall, so that's where uh, you know I would like people to open up their exterior cabinet doors overnight. And oh yeah, all that does it just lets the warm air from inside the house get underneath your cabinet closer to those pipes. On the outside okay. wall. So, you know, kitchens are typically on an exterior wall. Sometimes bathrooms yeah, might be. They are. Yeah, th yeah, that's where open those cabinet okay. doors, pull your trash cans out. Uh, if you're really worried about it, and for those of you that do suffer frozen pipes regularly, then I just put a little fan blowing the air underneath that cabinet where the plumbing oh. pipes are. It doesn't have to be a heater. doesn't need to be warm air because your furnace is warm in the house. All you have to do is rotate, circulate, warm air up against those outside walls under your okay. camera. Yeah, man. Okay, I'll leave that. I haven't any problems here. I used to live in San Antonio, and everybody's pipes would bust when it froze. Oh, well, those houses are built for tropical spaces. Well, they, they don't know how to I handle know. this stuff. No insulation at all. So, yep. yeah, you kept I remember going up the attic and using um, my wife's... Uh, Blow dryer thing. Oh, you blow know. dryer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, blow dryer. <laughs> <laughs> don't anyway, tell her that. Yeah. Well, thanks for your help, Scott. Okay, Mark. Thanks for the question. Please, I know. And that's important. So I promised to walk you through the house. That's one of the things. When you get down below about 10 degrees, and those of you that have frozen pipe issues, the idea isn't to put more insulation on the pipe. The idea is to get the heat to touch that pipe. So I have people that say, well, I've got these pipes on the outside wall of my house. Should I put insulation on them? No. Open the doors. Make sure the warm air circulates under that cabinet. Let the heat from the inside of your house touch those pipes. The only place you want to insulate those is down in a crawl space. And even then, even then, you must supply some source of heat. Cold is the absence of heat. It isn't the presence of cold. Cold is the absence of heat. So to have pipes not freeze, you need to get warm something to that pipe. That's heat tape. That's warm interior air. Uh, it is a warmed or conditioned, semi-conditioned space, which is what a basement really is. It's not outdoors. It's usually temperate. Uh, so it's important. Let's see what's cooking here with Kathy. Hey, Kathy, Scott Mosby here. KMOX at your Thank service. You. Yes, ma'am. Hi, Scott. Uh, thanks for taking my call. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, you just addressed the, the question I had for you about the prevention of freezing pipes. But uh, let me ask a little bit more. Uh, mm -hmm. You said 
let the water uh, go in a slight stream. Is that is that correct? Oh, just a just a drip, Kathy. Is you know just a drip. Yeah, all that does is bring warmer water from the source, which is underground or in your crawl space or in your basement, and it moves that warmer water toward that faucet so that you just need a drip, 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 drip. All it does is it's bringing warmer water past that cold possible freeze pipe, you know, so that's okay, the idea. Great. Yep. And that's for uh, faucets closest to the exterior of the house? Yep. If you have a bathroom that's on the inside of the house, don't bother, doesn't need it. It's already in a temperate or semi protected area where there's heat all from the house all the way around those pipes you're good okay uh might and, be uh might be in a laundry room with outside uh you know and, and which means like well what do i do with that with a washer dryer well mm-hmm. you know when you get down below 10 or five degrees or negative five i would unhook those things and you know put a hose or, or put the hose into the you know utility sink and let them drip a little bit Okay, real good. All right, well, thanks an awful lot. Okay, Kathy, thanks for the call. Bye. Home Improvement, KMOX. Again, uh, 20 degrees, even 15 degrees. Most of the houses in this latitude around the St. Louis area and the same distance from the North Pole and South Pole, that's the latitude part, that north-south, our homes are built pretty well, even if they were 60 years ago. You know, pipes froze 100 years ago, so the builders generally knew and the plumbers knew where to put the pipes and not. The problem came when we started super insulating and insulating the houses where more insulation is better. Well, many times we cause those problems as a construction community because we insulated all the way around the pipes. What we've learned, or I've learned in the last 50 years, is insulate from the exterior of the pipe out, Do not insulate from the interior of the pipe in. Make sure that warmth from the inside of the house penetrates through the drywall, plaster, exterior wall surface, whatever it is, paneling, and make sure that heat gets to the face of that pipe on the exterior wall. Better yet, run the pipes eight inches inside the heated envelope of the house, come up through the bottom of the kitchen cabinet, and then don't penetrate or run any kind of pipes in that exterior wall envelope or cold area and you're better off anyway enough of my um um uh, stumping it if you will i i get pretty passionate about this stuff because i can make a big difference in people's lives by spreading this thing around you split if i can save one split pipe that's somebody's being saved 500 to a thousand dollars and if you don't believe me try the plumber they're not cheap um yeah Ouch. Get ready for the Blues and Hurricanes tonight. Pre-game skate 6.30. The puck drops at 7. Chris Kerber and Kelly Chase have all your action. Hear it here on your home of the St. Louis Blues. KMOX. Yeah, home improvement, Scott Mosby, and it is cold, cold, cold. The forecast is colder, and then the forecast after that is even colder. Yep, that's the uh, mission and the topic today. Let's go to the phones, talk to Mary. Hey, Mary Scott Mosby, how can I help? Well, I'm calling again about the frozen faucet, and I just have some more questions I wanted to ask you about it. 
I knocked the eye sauce of the faucet with the hairdryer. Okay. And then I put my finger up in the faucet. Well, after that, the opening in the faucet gets really, really small. Yeah. You know, so I'm wondering, do you think the faucet, the water is frozen further up in the faucet? Most definitely. Most, yes, 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 yes. Oh, wow. So the other thing, you know, on the inside, I turned the water off. Righty tighty. Okay. That turns yep. it off. Right? Perfect. Yes, yeah. ma'am. I had that before, and then that drip. And so, should the outside faucet should I leave it open a little bit, or should I turn it off? Uh, leave it completely wide open. Oh, wide open. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Yes, ma'am. Okay. That leaves the greatest area for that drip to fill up. If you have it just a little bit uh, open, that area can freeze quickly and then occlude okay. the pipe. So you bet wide open on the outside. Once you turn off the faucet on the inside, wide open. Mm-hmm. Okay. The other thing, um, if it keeps dripping, you said if it gets colder, you should go out there every so often and melt the ice off of it. Yep. Is that what you say? So can you give me any parameters about the temperature and how often you should go out and melt it? Uh, when it gets down to be, that's a function of your house, uh, the winds, okay. how cold it gets, how many trees block. I mean, it, it, there's so yeah. many variables. There's, I, the only thing it has on it is uh, one of the, I put one of those uh, styrofoam covers on it. Yeah, you know, that you were talking about. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't get up in the but, middle of the night here, Mary. Don't don't lose sleep okay. over this. Something is better than nothing. Um, okay. But keep in mind that we're trying to keep that pipe open and not filled up with right. ice that can expand and split. Another question that I had: um, I had put insulation around all the water pipes in my basement, and what's in my basement are co- it's copper tubing mm-hmm. in there. And um, take it, it off. It's a, <laughs> take it off. Take it off. Okay. Yeah, okay. you want you want the heat to touch that pipe from okay. the inside of your I was basement. Say the for some reason the the hot water pipe is warm, you know, and it runs along the the line. And I don't have that one insulated. Well, so it, that's the one to insulate because it keeps it warm. But the only place to remove this insulation is where the pipe goes to the outside spigot in that uh-huh. two feet area there. Anything inside that has to do with keeping your hot water warm to your faucets and showers. Okay. So it's so just the outside in, section. Insulate the part that goes to the outside. Yeah, remove that. Remove that insulation. Remove it. Yes, okay. ma'am. Let the heat get to those cold pipes. The cold pipes are happen when they go to the outside of the house. Okay. Okay. I think you've answered. What is heat tape? Uh, heat tape is an electrical uh, filament that you can wrap around uh, pipes to keep them warm oh. that comes on uh, for, you know, when it gets to be 35 degrees or something like that. If uh-huh. you don't know what it is, don't mess with it because there are a lot of fires that are that happen from Got improperly. It. Yeah, just okay. you're better off just removing the insulation on the outside two feet of that pipe that's going out to your hose bib. Okay, and I just want to tell you how much I appreciate this help that you've given all these people with this problem. And you've increased my confidence about being able to deal with the problem. So I really want to thank you for that. All right, Mary, that's what families are for and the families of KMOX. Thank you. Take care. Bye now. Yeah, bye-bye.
There we go. I, I love it. I mean, why wouldn't I love doing this? Come here on Saturdays, help people out, make the world a little better, share information I have anyway, and, you know, be part of the family of KMWX, which I am as a listener. Anyhow, let's see what's cooking with John. Hey, John, Scott here. How can I help? You're a good person, Scott. Thank you very much. Well, thanks. I do my best. Now you're doing fine. Here's the situation. House, a uh, house is uh, closed down for the for the uh, three months of the winter. And okay. right now, yep. The two two story house, the water main is completely shut off. All of the uh, faucets on the first floor have been opened, and uh, there's no water pressure, no drip, or what whatsoever. Mm-hmm. The dishwasher in the kitchen on the first floor, there's water that seeps up daily from the drain. And I have no idea how that happens. Um, I'm not sure how what do you, what you mean by first floor then. The di- oh, but, uh, there's no water, no no water or pressure or anything uh, on the uh, in the pipes on the second floor. Everything's drained down uh, through the first floor. So the pipes have only air in it. The pipes have no water in them anywhere inside that house. Correct. Okay, you're good. You're good. Now, uh, one thing I will, uh, are your toilets empty or have you put RV antifreeze into those toilet tanks and bowls? Have not. Yep. You mean on the second floor? Right. Uh, Anywhere. First floor, second floor, any place you have a pocket of water, 31 degrees can cause problems. Toilet tanks, toilet bowls, pee traps on drains, not even the water supply, but you have a charge or slug of water in that pee trap. Uh, dump some RV antifreeze. You can get it at a hardware store or the home center. Um, make sure you use the RV stuff because it can go into our potable water system, septic tank, sewers, all that. That's all good. Understood. Uh, one other thing I forgot to tell you. The house temperature is maintained at 65 Oh, you're, yeah, you're in pretty good shit. Well, golly, well, what I'm telling you gets it down to, you know, turning the heat off. And, and I, I don't advocate that because pipes no. don't have slopes on them. And you'll, you know, I, um, actually, I'm okay with uh, 55 and up to 60. Uh, 65 may be a little bit warm. You don't, unless you have just a lot of pipes on the exterior walls and stuff like that. So you think that the water that's backing up in the dishwasher in the kitchen on the first floor is coming from uh, pee traps? Uh, it could be. It, it could be just yeah. Could be just water draining from the second floor pipes down onto the first floor. Keep in mind, anything open will drain. So you know it, okay. it, that's not a problem. It it just happening as it should. I I like to see water moving. You know, in a house set up for winterizing. You know. Very well, sir. If the water's moving, it's not freezing. (laughs) Okay, John. Uh, uh, Amen. Happy New Year. Right on. Bye now. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX. Do a little business here on University of KMOX. Welcome to the family. Get ready for the Blues and Hurricanes tonight. Pre-game skate 6.30. The puck drops at 7. Chris Gerber and Kelly Chase have all your action. Hear it here on your home of the St. Louis Blues. KMOX. Oh, yeah! Wow! Oh, wow! Oh, what? Oh, oh, oh. oh, all right, I give up. Oh, uh, 
I can hurt myself doing those uh, moonwalk and spins on the floor here. Oh, leaves me out of breath. Oh, so much to talk about. Let's go to the phone lines and see what's cooking with Laverne. Hey, Laverne, Scott here. How can I help? Scott, I have uh, crown molding in my family room and through, pretty much throughout the whole house on the on a, a single family level. I mean, one level. Okay. And this also crown. Uh, I mean, and the ceiling is the uh, popcorn type ceiling. Okay. Yep. In spite of the fact that when they sprayed it initially at the building, it's not as heavy as some. Okay. But where the crown molding hits the very ceiling, the very top, mm -hmm. it's starting to separate. And I was told by a friend who knows a lot about. Uh, mostly about carpentry, mm -hmm. that the person that put it up initially probably didn't put some kind of a, a board that makes it adhere more tightly to the ceiling. I, I'm not sure what word he used. Yeah, yeah, a nailer, a backer board. A nailer, so, yeah. that's it. You got it. Yep. Okay. Yep. Uh, how big is that joint? The crack. Uh, now, what does that mean? Like an eighth of an inch wide between the crown molding and the ceiling. Oh, what I'm seeing? Yeah. Where it's separating? Yes, ma'am. Uh, it's mm, very minuscule, but yeah. this, eye, this eye sees it. Probably no one else sees it unless I point it out. But. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm tracking right there with you. Um, I don't think this is a big deal. Uh, it can be caulked. It is, uh, pretty much an expanded part of the paint, uh, responsibility. Keep in mind that that crown mold, whenever it went up, it used to be stored out in a warehouse or, you know, a lumber yard. And, and it was subject to very humid temperatures in the summer. Then it goes into your house and then you heat it, you know, multiple years and, you, and it shrinks. And that's okay. That's, that's what wood does. Uh, so it's not a big deal, but it does need some attention. I don't know that I would start nailing nails up in there unless it no, gets to be no. more than an eighth of an inch. Right. So if it's less than that, I consider it something to be caulked. Uh, it's common on baseboards. It's common on crown mold. Uh, okay, casing. Or, yeah, don't worry me, about this too much. This is no, more let me Let me slow you down for just a minute because okay. what I'm contemplating doing, because it, he did caulk portions of it where it had started. Mm -hmm. and it hasn't lasted more than a year. And he said it wouldn't. Ah. He said most likely it's not going to last more than a year. Yeah, it is it nails. Hasn't. Yeah, he's right. Okay, um. so, you know, he did a temporary fix for me, but he said that nailer was important when they put it up. Mm. Now, here's what I'm contemplating doing. Okay. I'm contemplating taking all the crown molding down mm -hmm. and having someone come in and scrape the ceilings mm -hmm. and then putting crown molding back after you know, putting paint back on where it needs to be. Yep. How how this will happen, Laverne, is they won't scrape the ceiling. They'll actually put new drywall over the top of it. You're uh, kidding me. Well, it's it's labor. It's too labor intensive. When you, when you go to scraping it, sanding it, priming it, painting it, you're better off uh, financially with skilled labor. It's less costly to put new ceilings up almost 80 90 percent of the time so that oh. this is not an easy um this is not an easy thing this is like fixing rusted metal you you cannot be almost good you have to be perfect so uh -huh. where, well, where see, when we first moved in here and that's been 35 years ago uh the ceiling in the master bedroom was we did scrape it yeah but it was because it's an enclosed space, and 
I have a lot of open space that goes from one room to the other with no header to, you know, to yeah. separate them. Yeah. So we knew that it was going to be very costly to start scraping ceilings 35 mm. years ago even, you know. So. Now, as a do-it-yourselfer, you can afford to scrape, scrape it because you're paying nothing for the labor. When you're paying skilled labor to scrape bumps off a surface, man, you're, <laughs> that's so where you burn act- the money. So actually what you're saying is the likelihood is they're going to take down the crown molding, put a, a thin sheet of drywall up? Yeah, ideally a half inch. Don't let them put thin sheets up because they get wavy. They're still, you know, okay. two feet between the nails on some of those ceiling, you so know, it trusses. it needs at least a half inch. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. <sighs> and it doesn't well, really matter. You're just, it's, just, it's just material difference. There's very little labor difference on that. Okay. Yeah. So do you think that that's, in, in other words, that is the answer for this? Uh, when we get involved, when we do the assessment of scrape or uh, new, it's almost always new because, you know, the quality goes way up. The cost doesn't change much. You know, you're going to paint it anyway. Um, you know, it's certainly you, a lot less messy. Well, there you go. I mean, yeah, one is really hell to live through and the other is, <laughs> oh, you know, you're in my way. Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. No, now, if it's a DIY, if you're doing it yourself, you can afford to burn hours and hours and hours, but not if you're paying a skilled person. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, thank you very much. I, I would have never... I actually did think about replacing the ceiling with something more, uh, you know, in, in line with my ideas rather than plain, but, and maybe that is still the answer. So. Well, here, here's the risky part of this. This is your classic remodeling project, and anybody putting ceilings up should ask you these questions. Are your lights in the right place? Do you want to add any lighting? Is there oh, any yeah. place where you'd like to add insulation? You know, I mean, if you're going to cover all the aesthetic stuff, you know, fix the sins behind it, too. So that's yeah. where, you know, and up, up goes the price and up, you know, so frankly, that's the classic remodeling project. Now, <laughs> I have 18 inches of uh, insulation in the ceiling, uh, the attic. Yeah, you're pretty and- good. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah, and, uh, but I mean, that wouldn't have been any part of this separation, yep. though. Yeah, I'm sorry here, Laverne, I'm going to have to go. Okay, well, right. thank you for your help. Okay, take care. Stay, Bye-bye. all right. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby.